0: Loaded bases, first off, I want to give a shout out to Dugout Mugs. If you've ever wanted to drink out of a baseball bat, Dugout Mugs is the place to go. I personally drink a cold beer out of my Dugout Mug during my podcast. So, if you are interested, go to dugoutmugs.com slash loaded. That again, dugoutmugs.com slash loaded for 30% off. So with that being said, go get your dugout mug and enjoy the show. Loaded bases, Dario Pisano. How's it going?
1: It's going well, man. Thanks for having me on. Glad we could finally coordinate a time. Meet oh up, yeah, for sure. A little
0: bit. For sure. I mean, like I'm glad that I had this uh, day I guess like pretty much open. It was like, it's like I texted you probably like 30 minutes ago and boom. And then now you're yeah. on. It yeah. works out. So, so what do you do? What is your, uh, what is your current role in baseball?
1: Uh, I just finished my 10th professional season. Wow. Um, I was with the Southern Maryland blue crabs and, midway or in september i got traded for the last few weeks to the mm-hmm. charleston dirty birds formerly the west virginia power so i was in the atlantic league um yeah and, and it was great i had i had a great season and dealt with some adversity and some injuries but part of every season almost and it yeah put the head down do the re- the rehab and the pt and and get back on the field and and i had a good season when i was playing
0: hey well that's good it- you said ten years.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, th- so I got drafted uh, my junior year at Columbia, and that was in 2012. So, mm-hmm. including my short season, my rookie year, this was my tenth, tenth professional season.
0: Dang. So you've been around the game a long time.
1: Yeah, they call me the vet. So <laughs> one one of the vets, but our team in the Atlantic League that's a it's an older, veteran, experienced league. So I was actually. On the team i finished with there were actually guys that were like 35 to 40 on that team um, oh damn yeah so like one of the the most experienced guys was alberto cayaspo he played over 10 years in the big leagues mm-hmm. like and he's at 38 like he was still playing third base he's he still hit 330 or whatever he hit it was crazy but um yeah so i've been along around a long time and it, it's been it's been great. There have been a lot of ups and downs over the road. Of course, yeah. like every, every, everyone's it's, career has, it's has baseball, positive. man. It's Yeah. I mean, let's just say the, the cliche, it's the grind. Right. So honestly, definitely.
0: Yeah. So let's, let's go back a little bit. So do it's so like, when you're younger, were you always wanting to be a professional baseball player?
1: Yeah. So I played, I played like all different sports growing up, but I yeah. was, um, I really, I played basketball and baseball were the two sports that I really liked. And when I was 12 years old, like, uh, my little league team went to the little league world series in 2003. Oh, wow. so after that experience, um, being on that stage at such a young age, I, I loved, I loved like a taste of it, you know, like yeah. we are on ESPN and ABC and we made it to like the United States championship game and we came wild. in fourth in the world that year. So and then, you know, the semifinal game we played against Texas, we actually were nominated for an ESPY award for like best game of the year the next mm-hmm. year. So, like, That's we got crazy. to go to the red on the red carpet at the Kodak Theater. And this is when, so we're from Boston. I'm from Boston. So, mm-hmm. the Patriots, when they beat the Panthers in the Super Bowl, like Tom oh, Brady's yes. second Super Bowl won that category. They were. Um, but they won best game and we met Brady on like the red carpet. He was only like 25 or 26 and he (laughs) shouted us out when he accepted the award. Like, how about that little league team? And so I had some crazy experiences when I was younger with baseball and I just, I loved it. And I decided when I was 12 years old, actually that that's what I'm going to do, whatever it takes to get to the highest level again.
0: I would say, dude, I would be, I would be very, uh, I wouldn't be too upset losing an award to Tom Brady.
1: Yeah, it was pretty. <laughs> we were we were bummed at the time, but yeah, it was. I mean,
0: you're 12 years old, like it. it
1: was pretty cool. I mean, yeah. we we're at the ESPY Awards, and you know, outcasted did the performance. Jamie Foxx hosted, and we met Dwight <laughs> Howard and our coaches. Actually, we weren't allowed to because we were just 13. But yeah, our coaches were at the pre, the night before the party at the Playboy Mansion. Ooh. So uh, <laughs> they were able to they were able to like it in like, you know, literally coaches, it's like the dads. So it was oh, like,
0: yeah, that'd be huge for them too. Yeah. So it was like that's three crazy.
1: of the dads and one of and our manager wasn't one of the fathers. He was just one of the managers and yes. they got to go and they met like LeBron James when he was like 19 after his rookie year and man Brady and all that's how Brady and all them. They were there Brewski and Willie McGinnis and they talked to our coaches and they were like, can you shut us out if you guys win? Brady was like, that's awesome. You guys are here and you're fans of ours. So it was a pretty cool experience. And uh, we were on like a Cheerios box in the Northeast. Um, it was pretty crazy. Like yeah. that experience was, was crazy. So that's what led me to want to pursue baseball. Mm-hmm. Like I, I love baseball, but I knew that I performed at the highest level at 12. Yeah and I wanted to do whatever I had to do to get to that high level again in the, in the professional level.
0: So Yeah, it, I I kind of have – so, like, so when I was 12, uh, I went to uh, the the Cooperstown D- Dreams Park. Oh, yeah. Yep. And, uh, and then, like, playing there, just, like, with, like, 96 teams, like, for that week, it's kind of, like – it's very, like, inspiring because you're just, like, I want to be here. I mean, like, I want to yep. play against, like, all these guys, like, later on. And, yep. like, that that moment, I'm, like, baseball
1: is, like, now, like, my life.
0: Mm-hmm. It changes.
1: Yeah. We played in Cooperstown, too, though. I mean, yeah, we were 10 and 11 years old, and we were actually supposed to go back that third year for 12, but we mm-hmm. went so far in the Little League so we couldn't go. It was a pretty oh. good consolation prize. Uh, That's a
0: very, very good prize for that one. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, there was – so, like, his – uh so my buddy who was on the team with me like when we were 12 like back in like 2007 um so his little brother was 12 years old in 2020 so then we we were supposed to go back um to be i guess to be like the chaperones like of the trip mm-hmm. so it would have been absolutely amazing but 2020 happened so it's just like we were we got yeah, kind of screwed right. out of that i mean dude like i would like to go back like as an adult
1: yeah, no, that place I mean, it's probably just grown since I was there in two thousand one and two. I'm sure. Oh, for sure, it's huge now. So, I so, mean, going to the uh the uh, Hall of Fame. And yeah, too. So, yeah, places, is just baseball history there.
0: It's so much fun. So what? Uh, so what would you say would be a more, I guess, like a more exciting time? Going to the Lily World Series or getting the call to say that you got drafted?
1: uh wow i mean that day was like a roller coaster of emotions the draft yeah because i was being i mean the draft is so crazy where i had multiple teams saying they were interested and be ready in this round the mariners who ultimately drafted me they actually did like a home visit that winter of my junior year and they were saying we project you in like the third through 10th round so be ready and back then the draft day one was only the first round and then yep. the second round was um rounds two through 15. so i had like my whole family my friends over on day two and i was expected to get drafted and all the rounds keep going by and it was like seven hours from 12 30 to like 7 30. and i was drinking a little bit and eating food and just waiting for the call and like my agent was calling me i was like um they said be ready they said be ready Rounds kept going by. I wasn't getting drafted. and I was panicking because it was like round 13. And I'm like, oh, my God, am I going to have to call them all back over for day three mm-hmm. tomorrow? And then in the 15th round, the Mariners last pick, they picked me. And I was like the worst day for a little bit while I was waiting. And then it became yeah. the best day ever at that point. Um, That's a lot, a lot of emotions, of emotion, man. obviously. <laughs> yeah. That was, yeah, the emotions were high. And my whole family was there crying and it was something that I set my mind to. And obviously trying to overcome any adversity and the naysayers. And you you develop that chip on your shoulder
0: mm-hmm.
1: being like. Not the prototypical like showcase player, you know, so like yeah. I had to always perform like I had to hit and keep proving that I could hit at that highest level. And I kept working and improving and all the hard work paid off. So it was it was, uh, it was unbelievable. Um, different, different experiences, but that moment was – because when I yeah. was 12, I didn't even really, like, understand yeah. what we were doing at the time. I was like, oh, we're with our best friends playing baseball, and we keep winning, yep. so that's great. But all the work for 10 years or since I was five to get to that level, it, it all paid off at that moment. So I'd say the draft – when I heard my name come across my laptop, that was – That was pretty cool.
0: I bet. And say, because what year was that? Like, what year? 2012. 2012. Mm -hmm. So, 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 how was your first spring training? I mean, like, did you show up and then be like, holy shit, like, like there's a lot of people here?
1: Yeah. So we have, I get, you get drafted and you go right to a short season. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have spring training until after my first like summer ball season. Yeah. I played in the Appalachian League, which, growing up in Boston and then being in New York and then going to Pulaski, Virginia, it was, a uh, quite the culture shock. And <laughs> you know, we, we were staying in a travel lodge with four guys to a room, two on a bed and two on an air mattress, trying Damn. to save as much money. You know, all those like stories and all those war stories about the minor leagues. Oh, they're all yeah. true. I mean, yeah, that's why so many people are trying to advocate for them yep. now. And exactly because it's, <laughs> it's almost like when you're going through it, you kind of like, it's like you're with your boys, like a rite of passage. And you kind of think like, Oh, we're all going through the same thing. And you kind of bond through it. But when you look back at it, it's like professional athletes, my first paycheck, I actually came across it like a couple weeks ago. I was home and I don't know where I found it in my room with all my stuff over the years that have accumulated at my house, you know, when yeah. I've been away. And it was like $208. It was like, and that's my for, first uh, my first uh, paycheck as a professional baseball player after two weeks was two hundred and eight dollars after taxes and after they took out however much we were splitting like the travel lodge room so you know it was crazy the peanut butter and jelly is all you can afford and that stuff's no no lie I mean it's yeah it's crazy so I I think that it's great that finally there are some groups that are advocating for. Yep. The minor leaguers and that they just decided that they're gonna pay for all the housing for the minor leaguers it's like want to hit the mariners up and be like reimburse me for 10 years of minor league pay i mean give me all my housing for sure
0: well yeah because i I don't know dude that's yeah i mean like i've heard like insane stories and it's just like do like everyone has like their most crazy story of being in the minors yeah and it's wild man
1: yeah So it's been, it was crazy like that rookie year. And then your original question about my first spring training. Yeah, I didn't know what to expect. Um, And I got there and there was over 150 players (laughs) at all different levels. And I'm like, holy, you know, what the? How am I? I'm so low on the totem pole. How am I? It seemed like insurmountable. Like, how am I going to get up there? Mm -hmm. You know, and that was a young mind, inexperienced, immature player thinking, way ahead of himself all i try to do is as you get more experience like the veteran that i am now you just realize you try to just take one day at a time and all the cliches yeah. like control what you can control and and things will work out and they they did they did and i started in low a that year and had a really good year and it just took off after that
0: so yeah it it's uh do like i would to say because you made it you made it to triple a Correct. Yeah, or then Triple A for
1: yeah. two two seasons. Yep. 2016
0: and 2017. So, yeah, it, there, it, it, it's an insane journey. Absolutely wild. Say, so yeah. what, if you look back, like, what would be, what would be like the one thing that you were just like, this is amazing? Well, I mean,
1: you know, as well, I guess,
0: like, that's a pretty loaded question. Let's see. So, I guess, like, if you would. Ch- if you were to look back and say, like, like, let's let's do a good and bad. Okay. So Frank, the bad part of it, I mean, like what would you like, like look back and you're like, damn, like, this is
1: not like, this is not like what I thought. So the, the bad, definitely the bad part about it was one, the money. I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty, pretty easy, but just all the, the time, away from your family and your loved ones and your significant other, which uh, is strained all relationships, you know, I mean, your friends and family support you like crazy, but. um, When you get older, like I just did it at 30 years old and. There have been, you know, all your your friends and the people you care about, I mean, how many weddings and graduations and holidays and funerals that I missed, like over the last 10 years. It it's hard and um, birthdays, you know everything, and then just the relationship, you know they support you and but you see like all my best friends from my class of Columbia, they're all they've all been married, dog, kids now, yeah, and you know I sacrificed a lot of stuff, a lot of shit over the years to grind it out with the hope of being the big leaguer one day and getting that fulfilling that dream. And I didn't get there. Uh, I was so close. I was in big league spring training one year in 2016 and in AAA with the Mariners and opportunity didn't arise. So that's just what happens. Um,
0: I think you can still get there though. I mean, that's the thing.
1: Yeah, I, I know a lot. Of, I know guys who have been getting there and the crazy stories that in their 30s, like early thirties, I just, uh, yeah, I just I mean there's a lot of reevaluating that I have to do. Yeah. It's so close after the season in the Atlantic League actually ended like October 13th in the playoffs. So it was late. Yeah. So it only it's only been just over about 6 weeks since my last season and you know, all the wear and tear over the years, too, man, like the injuries, you know, you get through them, but they're hard. You know, yeah. this last year I missed 6-7 weeks dealing with things and I came back healthy and I mean, you could – just the elbow, my shoulder, my back. Yeah. I mean, my hamstring, you know, all, my hand. I checked, swung, and tore. Look at my hand like six years ago, and yeah. I missed half the season. It just was always – and you do every single thing to try to stay on the field and PT and train and core stuff and conditioning. And there's just things that happen. A professional athlete in the yep. course of a game that are freak things, and you just – the wear and tear, you know, it's starting to get to me too. Not to say I'm old in life, but old as an athlete, like thirty. Dude, um, I feel
0: old at twenty-seven. Dude, like my yeah. body is hurting, so yeah, like I for cannot sure. imagine I mean,
1: you right now. You told me you got some, the injuries in oh, yeah. your arm, yeah. and yeah, all that doing whatever it takes to get on the field and that streamlined like goal and that view of getting to the big leagues. You know, it's 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 exhausting. It's like mentally yeah. exhausting and. You know, I loved every second of it, you know, but um, and the journey is the journey. It's all about the journey and making the adjustments and overcoming adversity. And that's it's super rewarding because that's what you set your mind to. And that's your goal. You know, there's just a lot of things that people don't know about that go on, even trying to compartmentalize things in your personal life while you're trying to play. I mean, that stuff, it took a lot of work mentally to. Yeah build my mind. So things that were happening when I couldn't control at home that were happening with family members or it's
0: tough. Yeah.
1: I mean, and it, and it, and it's hard for everybody involved in anything, you know, but it's just, yeah, it's hard. And, and I know I could still get there, but I just, I just don't know what I'm going to do yet. You know, I have a Columbia degree and I'm 30 years old now. And yeah, it's just sometimes you got to face things. I don't know yet. That's why I just, I'm just trying to,
0: yeah. It's like the possibilities are endless for you, man.
1: I hope so. And, uh, I, yeah, it's been a long successful run with baseball in my whole life. And it's just, it's been super rewarding and it's brought me all around the world, even playing for team Italy this past year. And yeah, yeah. And all around the country and, and it's been unbelievable the experiences that I just don't know what's going to happen after, you know, not yet. So.
0: Yeah. So what about the good times? What good time. are some good stories?
1: I mean, all the stuff with the boys, you know, I mean. <laughs> yeah. The, the traveling,
0: strave- man.
1: The traveling. I and mean, like I kind of hit on a little bit earlier, just a few minutes ago, it's, yeah, the shitty conditions and the bus rides overnight, and the peanut butter and jellies, and the Applebee's. How many times can I eat Subway at a gas station? Half price apps, Applebee's, man. Yeah, after nine o'clock. I mean, we have <laughs> yes, sir. Try to save money. We know all about that. The the tricks of the trade. But it's just like, yeah, it sucks. But it's almost like you're doing it with your boys, you know. So everyone's yeah. going through the same thing, and the locker room stuff, and you know, the conversations and the experiences with people all over the world in baseball there's i got friends that are from the dominican venezuela mexico we had some korean players when i was younger with the mariners and like you know all over from europe you know so it's been crazy all different parts of the country they all come from different walks of life and you meet just diverse people all over the place so yeah it's cool to interact and like everybody's different but the same in ways too like trying to go through the same thing and trying to work through off the field issues, mechanical adjustments on the field, guys that move up over them, you know, all the same mental struggles and physical struggles. You're all going through it at the same time. So it was like a camaraderie that was built between the players. And I have some lifelong friends that I got drafted with. And we kind of went through the minors for like five or six years together with the Mariners. And I've been at their weddings and, I, I hang out with them, and we've trained together in the off season, so it's cool. That that's that's the the cool part about all this stuff is the relationships you make.
0: Yeah, I I, uh, I need to go see if I can find a a Pizano jersey, like like <laughs> so I can wear, wear it wear to the Mariners
1: games and say, "Look what you messed up, Jerry." That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's right. DePoto, Jerry was there. You? was there. Tapoto was there. He was actually the one who invited me to spring training his first year when he came in in sixteen, yeah. and and then you know he made three hundred different trades and moves on the roster, and <laughs> I I yep. got pushed off to the side, and that's fine. I mean that's part of the game, and that's what happens. But yeah, the kind of being in the transition of the front office, yeah, for a couple years was that was a different experience. That I it was my first time with it, and I had a little bit of opportunity at the beginning, and then. Mm-hmm you know whatever but yeah grab that jersey get in there and look up to the press box I will be like look fuckers like this is what
0: you <laughs> messed up on
1: I had a pretty good pretty good career I think I could yeah. and so, on the offensive side of the ball a lot of teams
0: say did did you get traded or did you just go sign with the Mets So I, yeah
1: I didn't get traded I played out my rookie contract with the okay. Mariners and then I was a free agent and signed just for 2019 with the Mets mm-hmm. Okay yeah cuz I
0: I was confused on that because I'm like the stories like that. I hear about like getting traded like mid season or like in the off season, like it just like, it's like, boom, you've been traded and go like that's. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so, how it is. And it am so frustrating too.
1: It It's, it's a shock, you know, and I have one of my really good friends with the Mariners. He's been on like 10 different teams now because he was like on the 40 man and he was that 40th guy on the 40 man. So Ooh. he would get DFA claimed go to a different team for like two weeks, DFA claimed different, you know, he did that whole thing for a few years, but yeah, it's crazy. Always going all over the, all over the country.
0: You see, so what is, so what does Dario do off the field? What's your, uh, what's your things that you like to do?
1: Huh? So I know I like to hang out with my buddies. I mean, I I've been in, New York City in Hoboken, New Jersey, right next mm-hmm. to New York City since 2009 of the fall when I went to college my freshman year. And I, I had my, my girlfriend over there and we've been together for 10 years and living in Hoboken and all of our groups of friends from Columbia that are all married now, we all kind of stuck around the city for a while. So it was, yeah. it was great. We'd go out in the city and my brother actually is, he's 27. So he's, he was moving there. He moved there through COVID, but he's gonna he moved back home for a little to take some finance test. He talks gibberish to me. I don't know, but he was <laughs> like an econ major at Holy Cross. He's he's killing it, but now he's moving back over there in like February. Uh, so I'll be around with him and I like being with my my friends. You know, hanging out. I mean, training. I, I yep. love the the process. You know, like yeah. I want the results, but I love I love working out and I love you know you know, training and hitting and all that stuff. So I don't know, not really, <laughs> not really too crazy that nothing crazy. Just kind of having a, a social life with my friends and.
0: Enjoying being not on the field.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, recovering.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's huge. See, I mean like every morning, like when I get out of bed, do like my body hurts? Like I couldn't imagine <laughs> yeah. playing baseball all that time and then still. Just like getting out of bed. That's tough.
1: Yeah. And I've had one of my injuries that has been messing with me over the years is in the lower back. So, yeah, that's getting it. out of bed every day and having to sit on a foam roller and a lacrosse ball just to yep. feel loose. Just part of my daily routine that I added in over the last few years. <laughs> it's all right.
0: That I think that that's just called getting old. And it is happening to all of us right now. And it sucks, man. <laughs>
1: It does suck. <laughs> let's, uh, let's,
0: let's, let's uh, wrap it up a little bit. Like, so you can go get some food. So I have one, one more question. So let's say that there is a kid in the minor leagues and he feels stuck, but he doesn't know what to do. What would you, what would you tell him?
1: One thing I learned I really had a problem with this when I was younger, um, because i had that chip in my shoulder it got so big that i felt pressure when i didn't perform so it actually was like the law of diminishing returns where it would drive me and then if i failed i would you know I, i started putting a lot of extra stress on myself i started looking at people in front of me you know worrying about the things that i couldn't control and it affected my game on the field um Work with the mental skills, guys. I mean, everybody, it's so not taboo anymore about mental health. Like everyone with the old way of thinking about it was like, you're tough. You're an athlete. Just put your head down and push through. No, like I think that that's crazy. And I used to think that way. You know, it's just kind of a product of the time that I came up in. And it's great. Now you see athletes all over the place dealing with it. And I deal with mental health issues, too. I mean, it's the anxiety and sometimes depression and there's stuff that's going on in my personal life, especially right now that are really bothering me, you know, and that stuff takes a huge toll, especially the grind. I mean that grind being away from everybody, it beats you down, it beats you to your knees, man. So I'd say really you work on your hitting, right. Or your throwing or whatever you work on your body, work on your mind too. I think that's huge because there's so many things you can't control on and off the field. And just have to just try to be present and mindful and just try to control what you can control, however cliche that sounds. But yeah, like I said, it's,
0: it's true though. Yeah. hundred percent true. I mean, they're do you like, I feel exact same way. Exact. Same yeah. Way.
1: No. And, and it really, I didn't ever know how to define it. Right. So like I knew I, did, I would feel off sometimes and I'd be like, Oh, I'm just in a funk. I used to call it, but I didn't know I was going through like, clinical like anxiety and stuff you know and i finally you know i'm open about it because i don't i don't care not not care i care about it so i talk about it and i've had like some mental health issues like there was something going on when i signed with the mets i had put so much pressure on myself to make it that year and my grandfather who taught me how to play baseball he passed away suddenly right before spring training you know and it was like trying to compartmentalize it and like just focus on baseball. And then, you know, I started having like, you know, panic attacks and stuff. So I didn't, as an athlete, that's so fine tuned with their body, you know, like, yeah, I know everything that's going on and I couldn't understand what was going on. I thought something was wrong. So I started, you know, go and get tests done. And they were like, you're very healthy physically. And I didn't understand. It was scary, you know, cause it's like something that you can't, if my arm is sore or my back, I take ibuprofen and it kind of makes it better. Right. Yeah. Or you can do physical therapy exercises. Well, I started the
0: brain, man. Exactly.
1: So it's kind of like, and it's not like a healing thing. It's something that you're always constantly working on. So I started like going to therapy and uh, like two years now, and it's super helpful. And you learn coping mechanisms with symptoms and how to change your outlook self-talk all the kind of stuff about being mindful and honestly that's helped not just on the field in my life and uh you just know that there are things that are always going to arise in everyone's personal life that it's going to be tough and uh, you just try to be present and try to take it day by day but definitely for a young athlete like especially people who've been always the one percent so every level that they get up everyone's just as good if not better and trying to deal with all that kind of stuff. Just try to be mindful and control what you can control. Definitely use the resources that teams present to you, like the yeah. mental health coaches and all that kind of stuff. It's really important.
0: So you, you, that would, I think you nailed that one. That's uh, and then actually like, and then actually from like what you said, um, I've actually been like thinking about going to a therapist just to get like my stuff out yeah man. and i and, and and i think from what you just said and like what you just like like hit on i think that's probably what i'm gonna do next week like i'm gonna call in and i'm i'm like i'm gonna start doing that
1: that's awesome to hear i mean i mean you see like these huge guys now like dak prescott super oh, yeah yep. super advocating for mental health and Hayden Hurst I think like the tight end yep. I think he's on the Falcons and he had some I mean you think and you know what really helped me was Michael Phelps actually had a lot of trouble with mental health and actually was contemplating like suicide after he he's he, he seemingly at the top of the world right and oh, yeah. you just never know what's going on with anyone else and as a young and immature player in person I kind of was super rigid in my thinking and kind of judged people and then I started realizing like man, this stuff's no joke. And you just don't know what everyone else is going through, you know? So yeah. I've tried to be more understanding and, and it's honestly, I mean, I'm like a fiery guy from Boston. So I had to really <laughs> mellow out, you know, like yeah, call me yeah. an asshole. Right. And I was super like ready to attack always, you know, confrontational and that's just not good. Like I, mm-hmm. I really changed the way I am and I'm still trying to change and work, focus on growth of myself and how I act and how I perceive things, you know, it's, it's a constant, it's a constant process. I think that we all have to realize it's, it's constant for the rest of our lives and we just got to keep working at it. It's like anything you just got to work. at it. Yeah.
0: And say, dude, Dario, the sky's the limit for you, man. Thanks bro. And I'll back that one up.
1: Uh, Yeah. Um, and I, and I urge you to obviously, I mean, it's really helpful and I just, I don't mean to be preaching, but I just know I didn't really, I was like, oh, I think I'm okay. I can handle it. I'm tough. It's but a question it's not- like
0: when you say think like, like, I think I'm okay. Like, I think I'm not okay. It's like me, may- like maybe you should take that extra step. And absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I it's absolutely. all,
1: it's beneficial. It's really beneficial and it's helped me a lot and it will continue to help me as things happen in my life. And currently things are going on in my personal life that, I mean, I think everybody's going through something and it's helped. Yeah. It's helped, you know? So that's what. Well- Very important.
0: I appreciate you, man.
1: Thanks. For sure. 100%. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I think. Could I hit on one more thing?
0: Yeah, dude, for sure.
1: All right. So one of the things that I'm really interested in and I advocate for, um, I'm actually a part of a nonprofit, sports Mm -hmm. and entertainment nonprofit, 501C, called MS4MS, Mission Stadiums for Multiple Sclerosis. Uh, I'm actually wearing the shirt. Spreading orange is our motto. Orange is the color for MS. Mm -hmm. And my mom was diagnosed in 1998 with multiple sclerosis. It's an autoimmune disease that attacks central nervous system and has lesions on her brain and her spinal cord. So she's had it since 1998 and it's really starting to affect her physically now where she has to walk with a cane or a walker and her left leg is... It's kind of like dead weight now, so she really needs that, and it's starting to affect like her hand, it's kind of just working up its way up, and it's kind of get worse. Yeah, She's got been doing treatments since '98, obviously, different medicines, injections, infusions every six months, and um, so it's something that I always knew how important it was to me, the cause, and I always wanted to use the platform that I had, yeah, for sure, to advocate for it. So when I I envisioned myself as a big leaguer, you know, having that as my charity and being on social media active about it. But when I was with the Mets, I don't know what compelled me to just say, Why am I waiting? Like, I don't need to wait anymore. So, in spring training with the Mets in 2019, I just started reaching out to all the different social media accounts of the MS societies, the National MS Society, and all the different branches in the country. Yeah. They started getting back to me. One of the, One of my ex, um, one of my friends from Columbia who was on the softball team, I had kept in contact with her and I saw on her Instagram that she did the MS walk to the top in New York City. And I asked what her connection to MS was. And actually her friend, one of her best friends from home actually was diagnosed with MS. She was like 26 or 27 at the time. Oh, wow. And um, she actually worked on the she was the junior chair of the national ms society i think so she put us in contact we spoke and had a conference call and aaron her name was aaron gambolati and she actually connected me with the ceo of this charity sam greenberg who he played college baseball and his older brother played in the big leagues actually so it was a family that was connected to baseball and athletics so it was a perfect fit for me what i was trying to to find, yeah, because something uh, we, that
0: you can like relate to exactly is exactly. that yeah.
1: And, and so what we do is we do in-person events. We would go to like we've gone gone to Yankee Stadium and had orange shirts, and we actually had we were on the field, had a picture with Aaron Boone. I actually connected with James Paxton, who was the pitcher for them, because he was with the Mariners. We were teammates yep. when I was there, and he got us on the field, and we had a whole section in like the second deck of the left uh, left field bleachers. Yankee Stadium and we had like 60 people with orange on so we'll do in-person events. This past year um I've gotten this is my 3rd year with the company now with the nonprofit. So I've gotten more of a hands-on approach. I ran 5 of my own events. So like
0: that's I had huge. A, a mem- a
1: memorabilia auction. Um so I've used all my connects that I've had over the years, all the guys in the big leagues that I've played with or against and they've sent bats, cleats, gloves, hats, all, you know, th- all that kind of stuff. We had a memorabilia auction. We had a March Madness tourney um, yeah. with prizes, so everybody filled out twenty five bucks to fill out a bracket, sent it in. And we had ten winners. Um, we had an event in my hometown actually a couple weeks ago, Halloween weekend, and then the most successful event we had to date, um, numeric uh, numbers wise, was um, about a month ago. Now we had a golf tournament. In New Jersey, at a golf club that I connected with one of the baseball alum for Columbia who pitched in the mm-hmm. big leagues. His name is Frank Seminara. And I was reaching out to him, trying to hit the uh, Columbia alum to see if they would be interested in making a donation. And he said his best friend actually had MS. And you just never really oh, wow. know how many people it affects. So he said, Yeah, let's do something better. Let's do something big. He got on board. He works for Morgan Stanley as a financial advisor. And we were planning a golf event for about six months while I was in my season. We had it in October at a really nice golf club. And we, um, he had Jackie Bradley jr. There. uh, Oh dang. Nick Whitgrin. Who's like the seventh or eighth inning guy for the Indians. Uh, We had some other pro guys that he manages their money and he brought in guys. CC Sabathia was supposed to be there, but he ended up pulling out the last minute, but he sent like an autographed Jersey and it was one of the the silent auction items. But, we had a Giannis Antonacupo jersey. It was pretty cool. We ended up raising over $50,000 at that's that event. That's huge. So this year we are actually – so we donate all of our – we donate our money to the Johns Hopkins MS Center for Research. Um, and we – that's – so it's 80% of our funds go to the research center, Johns Hopkins, 20% go to MS Families um mm-hmm. that need it so ms warriors we call them and sometimes those bills add up those hospital bills medicines, yeah for sure a scooter or a walker that someone needs it adds up so we actually donate some of the money to them to help them with bills and try to buy them a scooter we've actually donated three scooters this year or two and um yeah so we're actually making the donation to johns hopkins and des- at the end of december some point and we're going to actually Give them a check for a hundred thousand dollars this year. Oh wow! And we um were able to get twenty five thousand dollars to families who are in need, groceries, bills, all that kind of stuff. And last year we donated twenty, so this year we donated so That's a hundred. So we're exponentially growing, and hopefully we can, you know, keep making connections and keep growing. And uh, it's something that obviously that means a lot to me because yeah. it's such a personal, personal thing with my mom, and she's. Her and my parents, her and my dad have given me every opportunity to be where I am and how successful I am. They've been nothing but fully supportive my whole life. So, you know, it's something I could, something I really care about that I really yeah. want to advocate for. So I appreciate you letting me share Dude, that. For one. sure. It,
0: it's, it's, it's awesome. Like what you're doing.
1: Thank you. I it. It, it's a, I,
0: it. I think I actually have a connection for you. So I have a buddy. Uh, so he started a company called uh, Mo mobile scooters direct and okay. he's uh, so he's so he's an he's a northeast guy as well but he lives down in florida and maybe somehow i can reach out to him to somehow help you like with like the scooter stuff
1: yeah 100 percent. we're always looking for connections and yeah and ties to it and any way we could help that would be huge thank yeah. you Appreciate yeah it. for
0: sure i mean like, then, like after this like i can send you his number and then and then we'll just go from there.
1: Yeah, for sure. Definitely, let me know about that, dude. So sorry. follow our f- yeah. follow our social media accounts. Yeah, it's, what are they? It's uh, let me make sure I do it a hundred percent right, real quick. <laughs> it is. God, sorry about the dude. You're good. You're good. The service here isn't great always. All right, it's so our tw- our um Instagram is m s underscore for the number underscore MS mission stadiums for multiple sclerosis. So follow us on there. We have um, a website. Actually it's brand new of uh, the last year. We hired like, a, a company that redo our whole website and it's, it's really good. So it's MS Four the number MS.org you can read stories about MS warriors and their personal accounts on there. We have information on, events coming up we have research information what's going mm-hmm. on with john Hopkins on there some of our ambassadors which i'm an ambassador the information about our ambassadors and how they're connected to ms all of our information make donations on there any any little thing helps we really appreciate um and we have our merchandise on there which is pretty pretty sweet we have hats uh shirts sweatpants tank tops for uh men and women so go on there check it out and uh Appreciate the support.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm going to bring that up right now. Actually, I'm going to post it on Twitter, post it on Instagram,
1: all the above. Thanks, man. Appreciate that a lot.
0: No, no problem at all. It'll be. I just want to help out. Like I just yeah. want to do, do like what I can.
1: That's great. No, we appreciate any any help and any support, and obviously, it's great. I mean, we hope to keep keep making a difference and ultimately find a cure for ms in our lifetime yep. at some point
0: and i believe manifesting it, it will happen
1: yeah me too
0: so dario thank you so much
1: thanks for having me on man it's good to talk about this stuff and uh yeah. go over the go over the career a little bit again yep. and uh it's good to be on i appreciate you having on i like talking shop i could do it all day so
0: deal so then that means that we're gonna have to have you back on
1: 100 let me know whenever and I'll, I'll jump back on
0: deal sounds good
1: all right, man. All right. Ed, have Thanks for having night. me. Hey, no problem. Have a good weekend. All right, you too. Okay, see ya.